Sorry, Batman. Uh, Batman and Capital Punishment. <laughs> Welcome to Crime by the Bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Milton. I'm Anna. And uh, yeah, that was an abrupt start, but I appreciate it. It was an abrupt start. Hmm? Maybe there'll be an abrupt ending. <gasps> I don't know, probably not. Um, oh no, I want to do like a perfect, like, what would the audio equivalent of cut to black be? An Irish goodbye. We just stop. Oh, oh, that works. I, I'm sorry, this is, um, we were talking weeks ago, I guess, but not sure if it ended up on air, but we were talking about the uh, using Dutch. Yeah, I don't um, think that ended up on air, but yeah, 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 going yeah. Dutch, Dutch courage. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking in those veins, so basically, Irish goodbye, someone punches you, or you just black out from alcohol, Do which you... is prejudiced. That's what you think an Irish goodbye is? No, no, that that's just what popped up in my head. I've never oh, heard. Dear. I've You've never, never heard, heard the phrase. Irish goodbye. I, no, never it's heard funny it. because Roy Dave and I all do Irish goodbyes regularly. Huh. Every Irish person I know does an Irish goodbye on a regular basis. Hmm. It is when you leave without saying anything to anyone. So sometimes it might be, oh, I'm just going to pop to the loo and then you just leave and never come back. I did it to a friend at her birthday party and I felt kind of bad about it, but it was, there were loads of people there. I was having a really terrible time. Like, and I figured she's not going to notice. So Charlie and I briefly did the, okay, we're ready. Okay, good. Let's do it. Um, but our bikes were parked at opposite sides of the road and everything else. And, um, <laughs> managed to get to the bike but then had to go past the bar and the birthday girl happened to be out there having a cigarette Ooh. so she's like Anna she's French Anna are you leaving and I'm like yeah bye oh there <laughs> you are is your reaction then. <laughs> we've been looking for you so goodbye it was so bad oh it was so bad but yeah so that was a failed Irish goodbye. But no, typically that's... it's. But it's also like when you're at a party, do you really want to go around and say goodbye to everyone? It's exhausting. Yeah, it kind of is, but I know. You, you were have... going to say it's the polite thing to do. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was going to say that, I mean, you need to prioritize. Yes, the huge mob can get no goodbyes, but yeah. then you have the important people like me i don't want to be abandoned without a goodbye but it's it's not a personal thing it's not about <laughs> abandoning anyone i i'm just thinking like yeah every irish person i know over here does it hmm. connor as well it's just it's acknowledging that hey i can't be arsed with this anymore hmm. and and then you just leave um but it, it's it's never a personal thing so if you've ever hmm. been irish goodbye don't take it personally. It's totally fine. It's um, it's more a reflection on the person doing it than a person than a reflection on how they feel about you. I actually, um, while we're on the Irish thing, mine is based in Ireland this week. Oh goodness! But it's with three Latvians. They were mushroom pickers. No, mushroom factory workers. Mushroom two of them factory. Are. Yeah, two of them worked in a mushroom factory. Hmm. So, sorry, a factory always denotes, you know, building or assembling stuff to me. And I'm just imagining people assembling mushrooms and pushing them out in yeah. the wild. Uh, no, sorry. Oh, well, that's good. Covering two demographics, I guess. Yep. It's not a very nice story. 
Oh, yeah. That's true. Is it horrible? Is it worst? My instinct is that it is not worst. But okay. I don't know. Do you want to tell me anything about yours? How do we need to find a proper way of judging this? Yeah, we need to scale with examples. But I mean, we've started getting into that though. Like um, you did uh, for one recent episode, basically just started comparing. Like, no, no, this was a, a Trevelyan level okay. of mysterious possible horror, but eh, nothing explicit or nothing uncovered at least. But also the possibility of you know, secret agent in France and yeah, banana that's, peels. Yeah, that's quite a nice one, though. Yeah. Travelling turned out to be surprisingly quite uplifting. Mm. So travelling could be, you know, I don't know, 1.5. I, I'm going to say this is this may be a three. Mm. Two or three. And okay. I, I have two little minis that I want to just end on mm. as well. Okay. Um, this is going to be, uh, I think this is going to be an interesting, slightly different episode because I'm also kind of breaking the mold. I have mostly been preparing to ramble about uh, different things, but... Um, sorry. George Ford, yes. George Ford, our man George Ford. <sighs> yes. He films fires. We um, Not like a creepo. <laughs> well. I, I had forgotten <laughs> us calling it out, but... Um, there was, I think it was before the Valentine's Day episode, mm -hmm. uh, we kind of went on a tangent as we were restarting the fireplace we always have in the background. And you were just like, our hero, George Ford. Really? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. George Ford. George Ford, you're a good man. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> how is yours on a scale of uh, traveling to taxi driver with a gun? Oh, that's a good comparison. By the um, way, my mum listened to the, the one about the kids in Singapore being piled up in the bathroom and yeah. was completely horrified. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. We we should probably have spoilers for my mum. That can be easy. That can be arranged. Mum, this one's okay for you. You won't you won't love it, but you'll recognise some of the names of places. It's in County Cavan. Yeah, you'll be all right. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Is yours mum mum appropriate? I think so. Uh, it is definitely not on the level of the um, town family. This is... There are a lot of bad backdrops, but not that many uh, gruesome details. It's a bad thing, but I think I'm going to go first. Okay, yeah. I vote you. I'll Good. go first. Do it. Shall I just dig in? Yeah, dig uh, in. Because Come I on. think we can use the... Um... Let's grab spoons. Spoons? Or shovels. Ooh. I was going to say shovels. Uh, shovels are crimey, aren't they? Tell me a nice story before I go to London. <laughs> I might have to take that off the air as to not sully our horrifying name, I guess. What's our horrifying name? Well, I mean, we're focusing on crime. Crime is not nice by oh, kind of oh. definition, right? Tell me a horrible story before I go to London. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as mentioned, I... I kind of set myself up for rambling a bit back and forth. We have discussed a lot in our previous episodes regarding, let's just say that the point has kind of come up that we are not too, let's say, well read on all the country's different kinds of, like we're talking <laughs> justice systems or, you know, punishment, what is considered like, oh, 20 years, is that really a lot or is that like standard for a country? And since we've been hopping around the globe a bit with yeah. our crimes, eh, it does differ. 
I mean, speak for yourself. I feel like I have uh, intimate knowledge of sentencing in every country, but... Fair enough. You're the expert. I just try <laughs> okay, to I catch up. I just try to catch up. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> um, but I did try to check around. And of course, you're drawn to the more sensational facts here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to read up, but a lot of the stuff I found just made me more confused because it highlighted some weirder things. Mm-hmm. Um, like just looking at like the longest, if we're talking prison sentences. So on the one hand, in general, people appear to divide the prison sentence if it's just like lifetime mm-hmm. or a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so in the top list for, for instance, in the lifetime category. Ah, I, I think I looked at the same lists as you. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So you got to see the number, the maximum number of life sentences that sentences that have been assigned versus the maximum number of years that have been given. Exactly. Ah, I almost picked someone from one of these lists. <laughs> I had a couple well, on them that I wanted to pick. I ended up not going with any of them, but yeah, I, I didn't take in any from the list either. But I like it does make me slightly more confused. Like, yes, you probably saw the same. Yeah. Uh, the top list for everything, I guess, is uh, Terry Nichols, the uh, Oklahoma City bombing in 95, okay. uh, who got 162 life sentences. Whoa. Plus 93 years without parole. You'd think that's like mixing metric and imperial. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, plus the years makes it confusing. Life sentence can be confusing enough, especially since that can go up and down. Yeah. But once you have 162, like what is the cause for the extra 93 years? And? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I'm just left more confused here. Uh, the second one was like from life sentences, it wasn't mm-hmm. as impressive, it was 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, this was a bomb maker for uh, Hamas, who in 2004 uh, was sentenced in Israel for 67 life sentences plus 5,200 years without parole. Huh. And what? I mean, what do you do? Are these people making these judgment either expecting that it will be constantly chopped off or expecting I don't know, the um, eternal life serum to pop up on the market soon? or Maybe. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it's got to be along the lines of if you're doing life sentences, there'll be a concern potentially with the prosecutor that one day the laws will change and you have to, you can only serve them concurrently. Hmm. So then it doesn't matter how many life sentences you get, you end up serving them like whether it's five life sentences or one life sentence, you just serve whatever one life sentence is. And if they state that 30 years eligible for parole and 15, then Mm. all of a sudden you've got 15 years instead of having, you know, all of these consecutive life sentences Mm. that that are going to run for essentially forever. And maybe that's also part of the reason why they tack on the 90 odd years or whatever they end up adding at the end. I mean, it's a bit weird when you're talking about 5,000 yeah, and why not in that case? Like, if you're if you're crossing one hundred life sentences, uh-huh. and like in my opinion, also one life sentence should be okay. That's life. That's yeah, the yeah. life of this person. But okay, screw the life sentences and just go for no, no. We'll say twelve thousand years. That should cover it. Yeah, I. Whenever I was reading up on these, there were so many um, weird things that happened to people's sentences, like um, when there was changes in laws or whenever uh, they appealed or 
whenever part of their sentence was overturned. Mm. So if evidence that had uh, convicted them on one of the charges was then overturned, then at least you have the remaining ones as a separate sentence. They can oh, still okay. uh, stick to it. So um, I assume the life sentences in the, was it Oklahoma bomber case? Yeah. Yeah. The life sentences were probably due to loss of life. And then the yeah. uh, time sentence is probably related to the other offenses. Oh. I, I imagine that might be a thing. So, and whether that's causing injury to people or whether that's breaking into a building or whether that's obstructing justice or anything else, like maybe all of that adds up to it. And it's more as a, a safety net in case any of the other charges later get uh, dropped or overturned. I guess it I does guess. seem massively over the top and I have yeah. no idea. This is pure it speculation. Does. It is good speculation. Though. Thank like, you. Uh, I do like theories, <laughs> but then my second big question from looking into this, also looking at the other side without life sentences, mm -hmm. just purely in years. Yeah. Did you find the Argentinian uh, woman who was an ex-professional wrestler? I did not, but I am intrigued. Well, don't look her up. I might do that. <laughs> right she up. was like very much on my short list, but then the whole thing was like kind of sad. I'm kind looking forward sad. to hearing that. Pretty like, horrendous. I, I like all of those words. Uh, but in the top list for just years, I found, uh, so number one, uh, was a woman who was sentenced to 141,078 years for running a massive pyramid scheme in Thailand. I mean, good, good that she got all that time, but also, but, oh. So that was the sentence. Yeah. But at that time, the maximum time anyone could spend in prison for fraud was 20 years. So then what's the point? And she was released after eight years. What's the point? I know. And the same thing, like for a lot of the top, uh, I was kind of surprised that apart from um, some of the obvious choices like uh, United States, uh -huh. Spain was covering a lot of that top list. And they had their, their top, um, it feels weird saying top, but the highest sentences in mm -hmm. years counted. Uh, was for three people involved in the Madrid train bombings. I saw this one. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, um, the top one got 42,924 years. Mm -hmm. uh, second one got 42,922 years, which is okay. And the other, the final one got 34,000 years, something like that. But the maximum sentence any of them can serve is 40 years. What is the point? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, okay, fine, making a statement. But like, when it comes to, like, I consider, like, a sentence to be, like, no, no, this, this is the final is... thing yeah. within the law. And, like, how can it be classified as a sentence if it's technically not legal to actually uphold it? Like, That's totally pointless. Yeah, like, are they hoping to change the laws after the sentence is passed? Or... I think it is just sending a message, right? Yeah, but still. No, I agree with you. This is yeah. bullshit. Oh. Don't like it. It's weird, above all. Yeah. But yes, I, I looked at that, got confused. Uh, and then I stumbled into capital punishment. And I did not actually know this, but we have one UN member state in Europe that still has the death penalty. Really? In peace time, which is Belarus. <gasps> no way! They still have it. Okay. They had, um, it's like, they do say that it's like reserved for the most heinous crimes, atrocities, etc. I thought this um, was against the whole United Nations yeah, thing. They're not that happy about it. And uh, that is also the 
be someone like Belarus is excluded from a lot of stuff like the um, like uh, the council positions parties. and stuff like that. Yeah. Really? Mm. But huh. um, like they're still, it's not just in law, they're still actively executing people. So I think in 2016, they mm -hmm. executed a minimum of four people. Well, I um, was looking a lot at Amnesty because Amnesty makes a lot of noise whenever, whenever they give anyone the death sentence. I imagine Amnesty um, International aren't very happy about that. Not that much, no. So they don't have a proper report for uh, 2017 yet. Sorry, did I? No, you didn't. I'm just thinking, how do you okay. not have a proper report? Like it's not finalized, I guess, and it well, is a lot. No, you're of either the, dead or you're not dead at this point. So yeah, but it depends on what the actual report and like that's the reason why I said a minimum of four. Like in Amnesty's uh, report for 2016, uh -huh. uh, I think Belarus was the only country with like oh, Belarus four plus. And then looking at the ledger, like okay, plus is like okay, this number is a minimum. We can't quite be sure, but it kind of indicates that it might be more than that. Why? They're digging into stuff, but they might not have everything public. Like, so they uh, think especially keeping, I, uh... I, I will get you more info on the actual executions in Belarus. And I'm not going to say shady because technically it's the government and that kind of defines above board, but um, it's not always that clear. Okay. And I'll give you more info on why. I'll stop asking questions, but no one's Never thinking. Never stop asking questions. <laughs> That's the whole point. We're sharing and learning and um, talking. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I, I was looking through basically the crimes that in extreme cases can warrant the death penalty in Belarus. Okay. So some of them are, okay, they, they do say a lot of the uh, aggravating circumstances. So there is the normal like, murder committed under aggravating circumstances, murder of a police officer, terrorism. Like, okay. okay. These are not that surprising for a country that actually has it. Yeah. But then you go down this and you realize things that you don't really think consider about is there laws about this should there be laws i had no thought of this like uh, one of the top ones on the list was uh launching or conducting an aggressive war what and stuff Th like that this is like the apple terms and conditions all over again kind of kind of so like war crimes and not adhering to rules of warfare and stuff like that was there as well uh, as well as plotting to overthrow the government which is mm, kind of more iffy i mean really we're, we're killing people for that mm. okay yep yep <laughs> <laughs> um, but as i was looking through these and uh, looking at the amnesty reports i found one of the cases that were pretty much settled uh, quite recently, uh, during the course of 2017, was the case of uh, two, I think it was the second and third person to be uh, sentenced for the death penalty in 2017. Uh -huh. uh, it was uh, Igor Geshankov and Zemian Berezhny. Uh, they were found guilty of murdering six people between 2009 and 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, they were all apartment owners, and they were murdered with the goal of appropriating their properties. Oh. So they became known as the Black Realtors. <laughs> That's which, not funny. That's awful. It, it is an awful situation, but I looked into this, and apparently that has been a term and a thing for quite a long while. Oh, really? Um, it appears to 
be more more common at least in uh, for instance russia uh, with these kind of crimes where um, for instance gangs of criminals uh, a lot of the time they dress up as police officers or other officials mm -hmm. and then try to work their way into apartments usually targeting elderly or alcoholics uh, murdering them and then trying to make a move on the apartment that's pretty grim it is um but uh, yeah so th this was a thing that i hadn't heard in the term black realtors or black real estate i think it was from almost the 80s or something okay but possibly not as big a thing in belarus since well this gang or these people got the like, the black realtors moniker yeah. so these two men they also had two accomplices um Accomplices? Accomplices? What am I doing? Accomplici. Accomplisodes. No. Um. I liked when you shook your head at me in a really judgmental way. Like, who's the native English here? So they so. had two accomplices. They had two accomplici. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, Tatiana Geshankov. Yes. The wife of Igor. And Go someone on. named Boris Kaleshnikov. So these two accomplices. I'm not saying it again. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, they uh, they got lengthy prison terms. Uh, I think 24 years in prison and a 22 years in a strict regime colony, respectively. What uh, strict regime colony? Does that mean you're you're going to some country that is way stricter rules, or is it an actual full-on little uh, part of your country that? I think it's closer to the second one. Uh, this is also a discussion we've had in similar cases before. You which and I? I yeah, yeah. Oh dear. No, no, but it was, um, oh yeah, with the Gang of Amazons. And I listed the sentences, and there were like four sentences, all with different specifications on either prisons, facilities, or colonies. Did this um, happen? I don't remember this all. This happened. <laughs> okay. This is why I should listen and you to also the commented approved it afterwards, so. <laughs> i was really tired yeah, that's fine it was like two or three in the morning i just wanted to go to sleep and then go to my meetings the next day <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that that's basically what uh, brought these thoughts up to me i haven't found any proper definitions of all the um make it up <laughs> No, I'm just saying this so, because I won't talk about it now. I will keep digging, but not for this episode. Fine. So call it a teaser. Make a confident up. teaser. Okay, thank you. Yes. I, I shall was, dig. I like that. That was very good. <laughs> uh, so they were sentenced. And in court, in original normal court, they faced charges under a lot of articles of the criminal code including but not limited to good murder good kidnapping Ooh. fraud uh -oh. robbery extortion theft destruction and falsification of documents that's a lot of stuff and that was not all <laughs> for instance um, at least they're getting charged for things rather than getting away with it oh, true true also Gershankov the Gershankovs um, and the wife they were also charged with uh, drug trafficking, just as a side note, apparently. from oh, Real estate and drug trafficking tend to go hand in hand. Mm. 
pretty much. But yeah, so like when this, these crimes came to light, uh, they did also find six graves, uh, which was well, the six people they had murdered and done property deals around. They found these six graves in the cemeteries of Mogilev. They actually buried them in cemeteries. Apparently. I'm not sure if they dug a bit on the side or used another person's grave. I'm not sure. I mean, for um, immoral murderers, they've, they've done at least one decent thing there. Yeah. And next to these six graves... There was also uh, three more graves, three more holes dug for future victims. Okay, they're they're Um, not seeming like stand-up people. No, and when they were investigating this, they're pretty sure that at least some of the victims were buried alive. Okay, I take um, it all back. In a state of alcoholic or narcotic intoxication. Everyone who was charged here, by the way, uh, they said they were not guilty, didn't kill anyone, and didn't admit to anything. Hmm. So the um, the trial began in November 2016. Yeah. They were sentenced in court on the 21st of July this year. No, last year, 2017. It's 2018 now. I it's need to learn this. confusing. Yes. In December, they appealed. Mm-hmm. They appealed the ruling, but the Supreme Court upheld the sentences. So the death sentences in particular. So the only option they have left, because it's basically, no, in Belarus you have the court, you can appeal to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. The only option left is to appeal for clemency from the president, uh, Alexander Lukashenko. But whenever you've been burying people alive, you're probably not going to get that. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely, uh, not even for that, but in general, I think he has granted clemency to one person. I hope there was a good reason. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, I mean, that is just removal from death row, basically. But uh, what I was saying before with not the shady, but a lot of it is kind of shrouded when it comes to the death sentence in uh, Belarus. Yeah. In Belarus. No notice is given of like the date or time of execution. Oh, this is when it comes to the whole yeah. funny numbers thing. Yeah. So neither before nor after... The execution is carried out. Yeah. There is no notice. Okay. There are no final meetings with relatives. Oh. Death row prisoners are executed with a shot at the back of the head. Huh. And in accordance with the current law, mm-hmm. their bodies are not returned to the families for burial and the location of their burial sites are not disclosed. You know what? I think... If you're going to do the whole capital punishment thing, then this is probably the way to do it. I, I'm not even sure if I agree with it, but um, if it comes down to the decision of whether I think capital punishment should be around or not, I say no. Mm. But if you're going to do it, then yeah, do it like this. They don't deserve any special treatment. They don't deserve mm. to see their friends and family one last time. They, you know, if they, especially if they um, weren't going to give up the locations of the bodies of the people they killed, why yeah. should we tell anyone where your body is? Yeah. No, I mean the the on the fussiest bits on this is the fact like that nothing is disclosed. I might okay. I can object to everything about the death penalty. There, there are arguments for that. Yeah. But uh, like just with these facts on how they carry it out, uh-huh. like it's the after the sentence has been carried out mm-hmm. and they've actually executed someone mm-hmm. that there's still 
nothing disclosed basically of when they were killed or what happened it's very little like they will confirm it in some cases but that's not a very clear thing i mean that's very strange yeah it's all of this is apparently in the laws on how to carry this out i can see why the un is uh, grumpy with them yeah kind of yeah <laughs> i wonder um what their rules are on the people who perform the executions there's some mm. really weird ones in the u.s about it like um, really the person who presses the button that essentially sets off the chain reaction for the lethal injection, I, mm. I can't remember which state, we'll say in Texas, um, but we have a whole bunch of listeners in Texas, so maybe you guys can let us hey, know if I'm wrong. Let us know. Yeah, so the person who presses the button that sets off that chain reaction for the lethal injection is um, a random contractor. Hmm. And they don't give out the name, they don't know anything about it, they just come in and push the button and they're gone again. Well, I mean, that is... It's the way to do it. It's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's tricky. I definitely agree that even from the ancient times of the uh, executioner hood and all that, trying yeah. to keep it, you know, anonymous because it is a job. And we're back to Batman, <laughs> apparently. Uh, <laughs> Are um, you seeing a theme here? Always. Always Batman. <laughs> um, but uh, there are other approaches as well, like... I don't remember specifically which countries, but I've always, um, I'm not going to be a fan, but I mean, you play with thoughts and like considering, okay, no, you're going to be executed. What do you choose? Yeah. And part of me has, it might not be the best, but part of me has often thought of, no, um, getting shot, like firing squad. Yeah. With emphasis on um, the firing squad is kind of a good set up just because of the fact that you don't know you don't know who technically killed shot yeah. the killing bullet and all those things and if you have 10 people like yeah what one shot can go wrong but 10 people station your target odds are pretty high that it's going to be a relatively clean death yeah i would hope at least yeah so now that did appeal but no the general just like lineup of several people of course kept anonymous but also for their own i mean peace of mind if you're doing something pulling the trigger is a bit worse than pushing a button but yeah still the whole like no no we executed this person it's yeah. not i killed a person yeah there's one dude pushing a button at the end of the day versus yeah. 10 people pulling the trigger mm. i i have so many issues with capital punishment not that i don't agree that someone doesn't deserve to have their life taken away. It's just I don't think we should be the ones making that choice. And if you're saying I'm the better person making this decision, mm. I, law, justice, the courts, and then... Batman. Batman. And then you do that. <laughs> Actually, Batman killed a lot of people back in the day. Oh, I can imagine. Like, he probably still does. They just don't show the corpses. Yeah, but that's the thing. In the original comics, he, like, he killed many, many, many people. Mm. None of this uh, bopped them on the head. They're unconscious. <laughs> you know, really proper dead. Um, but yeah, and the other one is people who use the whole, oh, it's cheaper to just get rid of them. It's not. It's so much cheaper to house someone on death row or, sorry, to house someone in uh, prison for the rest of their life than it is to have them on death row and execute them. Hmm. Significant. I mean, like, I can... From an economical perspective, it's bullshit to keep them or to execute them. I I can get that, but, uh, like, yeah, the the majority of uh, people who put forward that argument would say, like, 
no, I have a gun, I'll just do bang, and this bullet cost me X amount of cents or whatever <laughs> currency. But of course, that's not how it works, but yeah. No. I don't know. Um, it's been a confusing session for me leading up to this episode, and I don't really have that much more. I was kind of intrigued by reading about mm -hmm. uh, Belarus and how they were doing stuff, and then found these criminals and learned about the black realtor yeah. concept in general. So I did want to highlight that, but yeah, that's basically my, not a story, but a ramble. That's your story. Hmm. It, I mean, to be fair... I think this week is going to be a bit of an upper. Really? Well, I say this before launching into a very horrible tale. Well, we do want to end on the uppers. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have, I have one kind of upper to end on, but okay. Let me tell you my story. It is about a woman called Antra Azolina, who was 49, hmm. um, originally from Latvia, but she was oh, living... Right. Yeah, Latvians. The Latvians. So um, Antra Azolina, 49, from Latvia, was living in Kilinalek in County Cavan in Ireland. Hmm. Uh, Kilinalek, County Cavan. She was found by her flatmate on the 28th of June, 2014. She was found in uh, the ensuite attached to her bedroom and the upper part of her body was in the shower tray. The upper part of her body. So, like, um, imagine half in, half out. Okay, not... Um, bisected. Not bisected. Really? As in cut in half? Or... No, no, she's not bisected. Okay, okay, good. When you said the upper part of her body was found, like... Mm. Sorry, I did make that sound strange. So... Antra, her body was found in ensuite bathroom. She was not bisected, but the upper part of her body was in the shower tray. Hmm. The first Garda on scene... You know what Garda is, don't yeah. you? Okay. Does everyone know what Garda is? I would assume that people could make it out, but I, I don't know. Okay. Just, just tell them that's okay. easier, probably. The first Garda on scene, Garda is police, was Garda O'Connor who observed two blue feet on the floor of an ensuite bathroom and then whenever he entered he saw a woman in grey trousers and a pink jumper on the floor inside the door. Mm -hmm. um, he saw a small amount of blood in the shower tray but he couldn't see where it was coming from. He said her face was blue and swollen and there was a nylon rope around her neck. Oh. There were no signs of a struggle. There was a heavy tile rail but no tile and a metal rod on top of the shower. The left side of her face was actually against the, the bottom of the shower. Mm -hmm. So he checked the body for signs of life. There was no pulse. Um, nearby, there was an empty bottle of Smirnoff vodka. Um, I don't know how Latvians feel about Smirnoff, but back in the day, mm. it was... My sample size is one person, so I'm not yeah. going to generalize. Yeah, I mean, this was 2014, but back whenever I was a student, Smirnoff was, like, pretty mm. high-end. We keep coming back to the I quality know. of Smirnoff this I is know. interesting <laughs> but I mean I think now people really look down their noses at Smirnoff it's like come on let's let's get some uh, Ciroc vodka or whatever um, but back then Smirnoff was the thing mm. um, but anyway we did talk about Glenn's vodka and Brita filters last we time we did yeah, yeah we did but, uh, quick question back to the actual crime mm -hmm. so you said that nylon 
nylon stocking around her neck. No, nylon rope. Oh, oh, rope even. Uh, but was that... Good to know where your mind went. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you want to retake <clears throat> that bit? So, you did mention there was a nylon rope around her neck. I did. <laughs> <laughs> nylon, nylon, come on. Um, <laughs> but, but was it uh, just resting or snared around her neck or was it tied to something or it was loose at the end it mm. was secured around her neck okay so just around the neck not secure to any railing or any part of the actual no, bathroom but they did based on the scene and everything else assume mm. that she had hung herself and it had somehow uh. become un- unwrapped from the um, shower rail or something like that uh. um, but no whenever they found her it was it was secured around her neck but it wasn't actually mm. attached to anything Okay, okay. Which is kind of odd. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, like, Irish houses aren't, aren't meant for, like, tall people. Like, we're, we're pretty short as a nation. Hmm. And it was an old house. The village, Kilnalek, is, is, like, about 500 people strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's tiny little old yeah. village. Yeah. So, there was a bottle of vodka beside her. And there was also a prayer book nearby. Um, so, you know, between one thing and another. Yeah. So yeah, they, they determined it was death by suicide, uh, also confirmed by an autopsy, which was, uh, carried out by a local pathologist. Hmm. However, Antra had recently planned a month long holiday to Latvia to visit her daughter. Her daughter described her as happy and healthy. Her friends said oh. that she wasn't the type to take her own life. Yeah. Um, although I think everyone's loved ones say that. I, I mean, it's it's pretty rare you get someone who's saying, yeah, they were depressed for a long time or, you know, they were in a bad place and we just knew this would happen. Like, yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing with the neighbors of, um, like, no, they were always so calm and nice. Or it goes the other way and he was super shifty and he used to yell at our dog. Does that actually happen? Yeah, I it does. Yeah, Sometimes okay. it does. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hadn't read no, enough of those it's, cases. It's not. It's not very frequent, though. It's. Mm. It's really not. And it's. It's either one extreme or the other. It's. You know, this guy was a time bomb. Yeah. Did you ever call the police about him? No. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, and I mean, can you blame her daughter? Not really. No. No. Absolutely not. And no family will always see a different side as well. But. Uh, like the whole fact of planning a trip, especially back home to a your month long daughter, one. Yeah. month long one, yeah, you wouldn't bother, right? No, I mean you might bother, but I mean you would do that before, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Mm. Um, they decided to, to have a second autopsy carried out, and this time it was done by a forensic pathologist, mm-hmm. and it revealed blunt force trauma to Antra's head and face, and the cause of death was determined to be neck compression. So not asphyxiation, oh, neck compression. That was a sloppy first autopsy. <laughs> I just assumed yeah. like... It, more it, like missing, you know, this tiny, tiny sign or something at the scene. No. But, no, that's a lot of... Well, I mean, to be fair, it was the local pathologist. He, I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to defend him. He, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't trained in forensics at all. Okay. I think he's used to, like, dealing with people who die of natural causes. So mm. this, this, on its own, was probably pretty unusual for him. 
True. But you know what? At least the police called someone, um, a proper forensic pathologist, in to check her out. Yeah. yeah. You just assume in these cases, like, you'll know right away. It's not asphyxiation. Done. <laughs> dusted. Not a suicide. Yeah. Uh, it was actually later proven that the shower rail couldn't have supported her weight and that she couldn't have died by hanging. Friends and witnesses mm. later came forward to describe Antra calling them on the night of her death to say she was afraid and she was going to call the guard up. Oh. Yeah. Um, again, all came out after the second autopsy. Mm. Um, so her flatmate, Agita Yonmez, um, I'm, I'm just pronouncing it and seeing where it lands. And that's, that's what I'm running with. <laughs> if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, please correct me, but it's done. It soon became clear that um, the rope's function was to cover up the crime. Yeah. Igita had first told Garda that after... Shall I stop? Charlie, come hi. on in. No, it, it's fine. Can, no, no, we, we, can, we can just announce him. We have a replacement cat for the evening. This is Charlie, and he will make him a bit of noise. And we have our mascot for the evening. Okay. Um, Antra's flatmate was called Iga Juan Mays. She was also Latvian. She was 34. Her boyfriend, Roman Ponomarkus, who was 31, also lived in the house. Hmm. Antra had had an argument with Agita the night before she was found. Okay. Uh, it, it, it became clear after that the rope's function was to cover up the crime. Agita first told Garda that after the argument, they'd both gone to bed and there was no one else in the house. Hmm. Um, and it was the next morning that she found her flatmate dead. Oh. Eventually, she told Garda that her boyfriend, Roman, had strangled her flatmate using his arm and doing it in front of her. That, that was a very big jump from like no no just me here nothing happened but she was the one who called the guard right um sort of so the whole thing is really strange um the guard got multiple phone calls um saying there was someone who couldn't speak any english that wanted to report um uh, a death or a dead body hmm. and when garda showed up um it seemed like Igita couldn't speak any English and she was with a male and female companion, mm-hmm. um, neither of which I think were her boyfriend. Uh, and the female companion, okay. yeah, um, and the female companion essentially told the Garda um, her flatmate has uh, died by suicide and her body is inside. Mm-hmm. And after the Garda had gone up and seen everything, he came out and had a full blown conversation with her, just assuming, you know asked what happened she said they had an argument the night before but it it sort of flips between saying she doesn't speak any english to it seeming like she is speaking english to them and as far as i can tell when she was doing her police interviews she didn't have a translator Hmm. but um it could just be um i mean it can be a very powerful tool uh, as a foreigner just playing on what local language what's that i don't know my dad's done that a lot as well though Hmm. yeah pretending he doesn't speak english getting pulled over for speeding or whatever exactly those kind of things yeah yeah. there was a situation where (laughs) he was pulled over with my mom in the car for speeding and he had to pretend he no he decided to pretend he didn't speak any english um (laughs) the policeman is then speaking to my mom in english and asking her to translate she's speaking fake dutch to my dad my dad is pretending (laughs) to understand and then he's speaking real Dutch back to her and she's pretending to understand and then repeating it to the policeman. <laughs> and 
it got to a point where then he's asking to see the driving license and, and then it became clear the whole thing was just complete and utter nonsense <laughs> and yeah. oh i would love to hear the fake dutch in that conversation though. oh my my mom my poor mom well <laughs> her her dutch it's it's not terrible it's really not terrible she'll be listening to this Okay, so the, there were actual traces. Like, I'm just imagining, you know, Swedish chef levels of language it's, when you're saying faking Dutch. It's probably comparable to that, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there, there was a pretty big leap between her saying, oh, my flatmate died by suicide, and, oh, no, my boyfriend did it. Hmm. Um so well it it said eventually she told them but it it didn't yeah. seem to be that long that it had passed like maybe a month maybe less maybe a little bit more mm. um you know it was within the months of the crime she told garda that her boyfriend roman had strangled her flatmate using his arm and he'd done it in front of her um mm. she said that he then asked her to put the rope around antra's neck to make it look like a suicide igita said she was forced to do it I'm getting the feeling that this might not be the whole truth either. I I don't know. There are things that make me very skeptical about it. And mm. I want to believe the best in her. But there there's a lot of things that are, are just a little bit odd. She said initially she wanted to go to the police about it. Um, but she eventually agreed with Roman's plan to report the death as a suicide. And... After her interviews, Garda offered her accommodation so she wouldn't have to go back and share mm. the house um, with him and live essentially where the crime had taken place. Yeah. But she declined. And shortly after, like within a few days, she was seen in his company again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that can unfortunately happen in the worst circumstances it's, as well. Yeah, but... if, if it was a case of domestic abuse, it is certainly possible that she went back to him. Mm. Um, but it also seems strange that she would have quite openly said he did this. Yeah. And it, it seems like she's sort of saving her own skin and then going back to him anyway, which doesn't quite align with typical behavior in a domestic violence situation. And this is true. So that that's why I'm a little bit um, reluctant to believe that is exactly what happened there. Mm. Yeah. She was actually recently found guilty of impeding a police investigation by staging the suicide. Um, mm. She's due to be sentenced really shortly, like probably within days of this episode dropping. Okay. Yeah. Roman, on the other hand, um, he was never charged with the murder. He did, strangely enough, admit to choking a woman, uh, not the one who died, just a different, unrelated woman. Um, what? Who had given a statement as part of a murder investigation. He said that she accused him of being, and this is a quote, Wait for it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that she accused him of being, direct quote, a fag. And he suggested that going for her throat is exactly what any man would do. Um, he was released from custody. What? Yeah. He also said during interviews that if he killed someone, he would hardly be telling them, as in the police. Well, partly, duh, but also, what? I... <laughs> yeah i it's also the connection like okay if they're actually um accusing her of hindering investigation arranging the there's a reason why he didn't get charged with the murder i do tell yeah 
okay it'll take a little bit longer to get there oh, okay i'll, I'll it, try to be patient it, it relates the reason he wasn't charged with murder was basically um due to the outcome of another crime that he was involved in oh so felony alibi basically i i'll get there we'll get there sorry i'll stay here with my watts and you continue okay this is me crafting a story messing with you um the cat appears to have a mobile phone which is on loud i really hope the cat will turn its phone to mute okay um let me tell you why he wasn't charged no i'm not i'm going to tell you a few more things first um egita um described him as a skinhead neo-nazi which every time i hear someone refer to someone else as a skinhead neo-nazi or something similar i do roll my eyes and think are you just using buzzwords for the fun of it? Is this a real thing or is this nonsense? But then I find out he had a large swastika tattooed in his chest and he had various convictions for racism and neo-Nazi related crimes in Latvia. So Sounds more reliable. Yeah, yeah. no, legit neo-Nazi. So, oh dear. He was released from prison six months before moving to Ireland and there was also an international warrant for his arrest um, because he was not allowed to leave the country whenever he moved over there. Oh, okay, okay. So, all in all, bad biscuits. <coughs> cool. <laughs> oh, not cool, no, no. Bad, bad. Bad. So, just as a reminder, Antra was, was found on the 28th of June in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, by the 29th of October 2014, so this is four months after the murder, um, Roman had not cleaned up his act. Um, he wasn't feeling like, hey... I, I've been potentially caught doing something dodgy. I need to wise up. He decided, no, um, I'm going to do whatever I want. So four months after the, yeah. Oh, okay, so fine. They did not push any charges on him at that moment for I, stuff we will find out, but... I think they were still investigating at this point. That That is fine, but mm-hmm. I can see them keeping him there as he was a either key witness or key suspect either or he was involved yeah somehow in this murder it it was it was understood at this point that he was likely involved yes and he was also very much sought after back in Latvia yeah but it seems like that hadn't quite come out yet okay okay it, because it, i thought like it, okay i can see them keeping him in the country before sending him back to latvia no, but like yeah. keeping him and letting him run about on his own is yeah, a bit weird I, I guess they hadn't quite worked it all out at this point it was four months after the murder they hadn't put all the pieces together he had been released from custody as far as i can tell he hadn't been charged hmm. they were still looking into things and i don't think the latvian uh, authorities were notified of of him being there but that's that's just based on on everything i've read but a lot of sources don't even give his name Hmm. um probably because he was never charged but yeah so he ends up with an accomplice staking out a business of a woman in longford and they hold her at knife point they end up bundling her into the back of a car Hmm. roman was uh sitting in the back with his leg pressed up against her neck so i mean he's quite flexible among being asshole flexible carries a knife potentially yeah neo-nazi supposed to get tattoo potentially kills flatmates um Mm. you know all around not a nice human being Mm. um but flexible okay um let me to be fair technically the woman the victim could be the flexible one 
and he just arranged her in a position where he could fit. Okay, that's... No, no, cut it. <laughs> no, we couldn't, no, sorry. Um, so they bundled uh, this poor woman into the back of a car. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, they could. Um, they bundled... <laughs> I, I'm understanding your train of thought now. <laughs> Our cat looks so happy. The cat we usually have doesn't look nearly this happy. This is true. Yeah, it's quite nice. Um... Okay, so they bundled this woman in the back of a car. Roman sat with his leg pressed up against her neck and the other hijacker drove. Um, the Garda were, were on, on game this time and they pursued the car and hijacked car crashes. Mm. Roman gets out to run away. He's struck by an oncoming vehicle with considerable force. Oh. Causing him obvious brain damage and physical damage. He's in oh. hospital for a number of months before being transferred to a nursing home. Um, at 31 and his brain function is now severely limited he's lost the use of three limbs he was peg fed until about a year ago and now he's being spoon fed um, and he has to be hoisted manually from his bed on a daily basis but yeah because because of his injuries um, they, they haven't pursued any charges because even if he's found guilty there's nothing they can really do well, I see that, but at the same time, that would, you know, solve the murder, which would be an important thing. Like, fine, if they can't technically do anything, okay, he is probably serving a sentence of his own at the moment. Um, but I want to end this on a justice for all high note, oh, so oh, I don't please. want to question it. No, no, uh, please do. <laughs> don't, don't question it. I'm... I always have questions. Questions are good, but no, I agree with you. But also, it I hadn't really thought about how no one's actually been found guilty of the murder, yeah. and the whole theme was justice. And it kind of ruins it. So yeah, he hasn't been charged, but some would argue he's got comeuppance. Yeah, he's got a worse sentence than the court system could have given him. Yeah, and I would assume that if he ever actually recovers. He'd be shipped off to Latvia. He won't recover. Mm. He won't, and he will be shipped off to Latvia um, if he ends up in a state that is acceptable. Damn. I had um, a couple of other cases I came across when when uh, researching for this. Mm -hmm. So I have two very, very short ones. Um, one oh, is... two additional, so we're doing a three for... Yeah, oh. it's a special one. Well, I thought, well, we're doing justice. So I have one <laughs> that's kind of horrifying and one that's sort of uplifting because no one ends up being really harmed. Well, um, that's good. Yeah, I think you know... That one last, I think. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I, I think you know the, the last one. So this next one we're doing is 2015 in Georgia. A guy called... For, mm -hmm. Just for clarity, which Georgia? Sorry. We now have uh, listeners in Georgia, the country, um, <laughs> as well as Georgia, the state. So, okay. <laughs> 2015... Georgia, the state, not the country, mm -hmm. Robert Timothy Giles decides tonight is a night I'm going to be an asshole. Um, he essentially grabs a woman and tries to rape her. But before he begins, he um, insists that she phone her boyfriend so he can hear the whole thing. And Oh, that's a special kind of... Okay. Yeah. And she manages to call 911 
instead of her boyfriend hmm. and talks to the dispatcher as if they are her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And this guy, Robert Timothy Giles, um, wants to speak to the boyfriend so he can really like hear that he gets to do this awful thing and the boyfriend gets to hear the whole thing down the phone, the whole ordeal. By a crazy stroke of luck, it's the only guy in the 911 dispatch oh. center who picks up the phone. The only other guy that was working that night has just left. And the guy who picks up, um, Deontay Smith, mm. was about to go on a break and decided he would take one last call before going on this break. Oh. He said whenever the call came in, he said, you've got two seconds to think, that's it. And in those two seconds, you've got to have your decision made. Mm. He said that it was the victim's quick thinking that saved her own life. Mm. And he said that I was glad I was able to help her, but he, it, it was all her. He can't say that enough. Essentially, he plays along that he's the boyfriend. Mm. He's trying to talk Giles out of, out of doing this. Mm. But at the same time, he gets enough information to pinpoint where they are. Yeah. And the police show up when this guy is in the middle of the act. And um, they manage to get him on rape, false imprisonment, kidnapping, and aggravated assault. Mm -hmm. And if if she hadn't have had the quick thinking to call 911, yeah. and if um, Deontay hadn't have uh, done what he did, then it could have gotten a whole lot worse. The trial was set for January 2017. Mm -hmm. I managed to find the court records, and the last thing I can find on it, because there's no media coverage, show that a guilty plea was negotiated. It was a trial jury, but a guilty mm -hmm. plea was negotiated on the 29th of August, 2017. Okay. And it seems like the records were sealed after that. Um, mm. But that was on all four counts. So okay. he did initially plead not guilty. The <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. So that was sort of one of those... <sighs> but I mean, did, did did he know the victim or? Nope. Um, no. So he, I don't know, this guy was just a, a proper scumbag. I think mm. she went into a store he was working in. He grabbed her oh. and dragged her out the back and um, and then the whole oh, thing started. Fuck. Oh, fuck. So it was, it was pretty bad. I... I, there, there wasn't any information really given about the victim who remains anonymous and I chose yeah. not to go digging for it. Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Um, okay, and one final one to round off the evening is one I assume you've heard of. It's mm -hmm. the 2010 case of Mary Bale, who was a 45-year-old um, in Coventry who did something to a four-year-old called Lola. Do you know this story? Is it 2010? 2010. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Mary Bale is walking down a suburban street in Coventry mm -hmm. and there's a little grey tabby cat that is dandering along oh, a wall. No. Oh no. That's dandering oh, along a I wall. Know it. Yes. And yes. she starts petting this lovely little friendly cat called oh, Lola. No, no. She's you know, it's it's rubbing its little face on her yeah. and we now know do you know what that's called whenever a cat rubs its face on you? Isn't that marking? Bunting. Bunting? I had no idea. There's a specific term for it. Bunting. Aww. It's it's refers to any animal that's uh, doing the scent marking with face rubs. Bunting. Aww. So the cat's bunting and it's cuddly and it's lovely. You can watch the footage of the whole thing. Oh, I have seen it. And uh, Mary Bale is petting it. And then all of a sudden there's this strange moment where she grabs it by the scruff of the neck, mm. opens the wheelie bin, the big 
tall garbage bin next to her, dumps the cat in, and, you know, the bin slams shut behind her, and she just walks off. Yeah. Lola was trapped for 15 hours inside the wheelie bin. Um, Lola's parents slash owners, uh, Stephanie and Daryl, release CCTV footage of the incident and appeal to anyone who knew who the woman was. Yeah. And the footage went viral, as I think you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, she she was up in uh, court on um, on a whole variety of charges, but in the end, um, she was just fined 250 pounds. A variety of charges. Yeah, there? so she was... Um, one of the charges that was later dropped was not providing a safe environment for an animal. So like they they just they really tacked on a whole bunch of charges because people went crazy for this like oh, well, it, yeah. it was the most amazingly satisfying moment in the British media that I've ever experienced when all of a sudden everyone is against this awful lady who's yeah. dropped a cat in a bin and you're just like is I this a not... bit over the top probably but you know what people shouldn't do this to animals no. it's not okay and no. sentencing for um, animal abuse is always so low that it's like. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have someone vilified a little bit. Wow. Yeah. I, I did not remember that it was 15 hours, though. Yeah, per little thing. In my memory, like, I do remember I seen the video. I kind of mm-hmm. thought it was less, but no, that's horrible as well. 15 hours. As, as long as they didn't get picked up. But, uh, yeah, yeah, like, Lola was fine in the end. And I think um, the refuse collectors in the UK are stand-up people. Mm. So they, they would not have let that happen. I refuse to believe. Um refuse collectors would wouldn't have spotted lovely little lola but she was really cold mm. and she was hungry and of yeah um so good on stephanie and daryl they only put up the the camera on their house to to try to um put off vandals it wasn't like mm. an obvious place like you could see that it was up there and still mary bell drops the cat in the bin mm. um yeah so the judge took into consideration how she was um vilified in the media um, she'd also gone off work on stress leave apparently as a result of it, which I have limited sympathy for because you did it to yourself. Yeah, not really sympathy, but understanding. Like I can see that that happens. Yeah, I I can understand <laughs> it. So you know, sorry, but your own fault. But yeah, she was only fined two hundred fifty pounds, but she was ordered to pay victim surcharge and uh, costs, which totaled about fourteen hundred pounds. So that's mm-hmm. like. 2400 us dollars or about 1900 euros mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't cheap all in all she said it was a split second of misjudgment but then later on in <laughs> yeah not really <laughs> later on in interviews she defended her actions and said she didn't understand why people were kicking up such a big fat fuss because you know she likes cats and everything but it's only a cat um so then it spurred everyone on again obviously with the whole... likes cats this woman yeah yeah, yeah. clearly but <sighs> Yeah. The judge declared that public vilification was probably punishment enough. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I mean, that was the main meat of the punishment. I can see that. Yeah. And, I mean, she will probably suffer for that for a long while. But that's it. Yeah. Mm, it's time I mean, for that's, a drink. That's good. Yeah, that was kind of an upward... I almost said upward slope, but that sounds, you know, exhausting. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a nice turn towards the end. And, um, I mean, we got some heroism in a horrible situation yeah and well digital vigilante justice so more batman more Um, batman yeah we know how i feel about batman at this point so we need to celebrate with drinks yeah we need to celebrate with drinks so i um 
how are you feeling right now in terms of weather? Do you feel wintry or do you feel not so wintry? I have the option to put spice in the drink or an option to put herbs in the drink. Hmm. Herbs or spices? Like right now I'm feeling rather toasty, but that's because we're in our recording area, which so. is always very toasty. But I always like to dream of winter. Okay, so shall I shall I just tell you what the options are? Maybe that's easier to make a decision. No, no, no. no. I'm going to say I want to dream of winter. So Both I want of them to are wintry. Winter. Both of them are wintry. One. Wait, what was your question? Okay, about? so one is with rosemary and one is with spices. Hmm. I'm going to say spices. Okay. Because that's less defined and more mysterious and yay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. I will be right back with something yummy. Fair enough. I'll get one for the cat as well. Yay. The, the cat is inebriated. The cat does not need one. Does the cat want one? Does the cat want a virgin drink? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, okay. We have our drinks. Wait. Do you remember? I'm not in a drinking position. That's okay. You don't have to be in a drinking position. Do you remember? On the 21st night of September. No? Um, do you remember Sailor Jerry whiskey? Sorry, Sailor Jerry rum. <gasps> you don't remember Sailor Jerry rum? So. Sailor Jerry rum? Yeah. Do you know Captain Morgan's spiced rum was not Captain Morgan's? It, it used to just be Morgan's spiced rum. Okay. Um, and whenever I was not quite old enough to justify drinking. Um, the great rum to drink was uh, Sailor Jerry rum. It huh. was a spiced rum with vanilla and it was amazing. And mm. it had like all of the uh, tattoo designs from Sailor Jerry on it. Oh. And it, it was super cool. And, and the rum was really good. And then they rebranded. I remember when they rebranded um, Morgan's Spice Rum to mm-hmm. Captain Morgan's. And they put mm-hmm. the pirate Captain Guy on the front and everything yeah, else. With the treasure chest in the rail. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you just, within six months, you could not buy Sailor Jerry rum anymore anywhere really? like locally with us um i've no idea if you can still get it elsewhere but i should really check it out but we are drinking tonight captain morgan's um Mm -hmm. normally what i do is i split a vanilla bean and put Mm. it in the bottle with it and it's it's really good but i i didn't have time to do it with this and as i lamented last time we are out of rum Mm -hmm. um we're out of dark rum but what we are drinking tonight is captain morgan's spiced rum with some lime juice Mm -hmm. Shaken with star anise, cinnamon, and a couple of cloves, Ooh. and topped up with pear juice. And what's the name of this lovely concoction? I actually made it up and don't have a name for it yet. You are awesome at making stuff up, but we need a name for this. We do. So, um... Well, cheers, first of all. Cheers! Mmm. It could stand Whoa. to be spicier, but it's good. It could definitely be spicier, but... It's, it's weird. It kind of comes in waves, coming on the nautical theme. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of rolls in on waves. Huh. Ah, rolls in on waves. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, you get no, you no, get the rum totally right. and a bit of pear, and then back to the rum, and like. Hmm. I'm getting spices through it all as well. Mm. I like the rolling waves thing. Yeah. We should name it something related to that. Um, Jerry's last voyage. But it's not Jerry's. Oh, I like Jerry's last voyage. Should we just call it that and demand everyone makes it with uh, Sailor Jerry's, not Captain Morgan's? Does it exist anymore? I, I don't know. I should really check it out. Or was it just a case of 
naval outranking, and he had to step down once there was a... They were from different troops. Troops. Hmm. Different... What do you call them? Bands. They were from different bands of pirates. Hmm. Definitely not the same. Um... I like I like Jerry's last journey. Jerry's last journey. Did I say that? You know, something like that. <laughs> um, do you like it? I do. Uh, like I said, I think for next time, a uh, bit more uh, spices. Mm-hmm. I can feel it, but I would like that to be a bit more pronounced. Mm-hmm. But as a drink, like uh, I am in general a sucker for pear, mostly because it doesn't come up that often, yeah. and when it does, it's not always well executed. Mm. But this works really well. It's not too heavy. Mm, I feel yeah. like sometimes it can be really heavy and overpowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm. dark rum and pear juice is pretty great. Yeah. Okay, we need a name. It is called... Oh, I said um, uh, Voyage. Yeah, Jerry's Voyage. Jerry's Last Voyage, I think. Jerry's Last Voyage. Mm. But, um, but it's not Jerry's. Mm, it's not Jerry's. Um, Orchard Sea. I'm trying to think of nautical puns, and they're all horrible. Mm. Um, pear is one of those deceptive, you know, pun words, which you can think of a lot, but not a lot is good. Oh, oh, nautical pairing. Hey. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I'm on board with that. To our nautical pairing. Nautical pairing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. And we do still have drinks left, but we, we did cover a lot of smaller topics. Yeah, we did. Um, and me fumbling about with not understanding, you know, sentences. Sentences? Oh. Sentencing. <laughs> Sentencing. I'm thinking sentences mm. like, wow, I thought your English was all right. Well, I mean, we all know that that's a lie and that's just the wine talking. Um, but yeah, and we found... A temporary cat, which is wonderful. I, I think you might need to retake that whole bit, though, because the cat has been deciding to close doors for some unknown reason. That's why I brought it up, because that makes you know, for immersion, and you can feel the grandeur of this hall we're sitting recording in, in uh, your giant villa here. Uh, and, uh, I mean... Cozied up by yeah. our fire. Oh, yes. And George. Yeah, George, the man who, <laughs> who manages our fire. Stokes the flames of the podcast. Yeah, George Ford manages all our fire needs. <laughs> our cat looks. I feel so bad for cutting out the George shout out the last time. Yeah, why did you do that? I told George it was coming. To be fair, we were shouting a lot. <laughs> you <laughs> said I insulted. We love you, George. Oh dear. Uh, along those lines. Okay, well let's. Um, George, thank you for all you do. I'm going to give you a shout out in social media this week. Because for some reason we haven't done it, and I totally forgot about our shout out in you last time. Hmm. Anyway. We've had a lot of topics, a lot of crime and punishment. Yeah. As is tradition. But yeah, no, I. This is more of an upper than I'm kind of used to. Which yeah, is it good. is much more of an upper and than I'm used really to. Really nice. Like, it is a very friendly drink as well, which you know what? kind I'm of have raises to the spirits. Stew the spices with the pear juice next time. Ooh. Good plan. That'll be the plan. Good plan. Um, um, but yeah, we, we're um, we're on an upper. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really cool if we got some more reviews in new countries. Mm-hmm. I would really love it if um, if there's no review in the iTunes store, 
in your country if you could review us that would be awesome and we'll give you a shout out in the next show always always we would also really appreciate getting feedback on stuff like pronouncing names of interesting people from interesting countries and also any facts we get wrong or if you could actually explain either the russian prison camp system or in general what the fuck does life in prison mean and how does that actually work with all those years yeah we need a lawyer person are you a lawyer person preferably a criminal attorney not like conveyancing or something because it would still have more gravitas than any of my floundering approximations at guesses i guess yeah i think me too okay Uh, but yeah so let us know what you think what you hate what you love um you can uh, ping us on twitter at uh, crime by the bar (laughs) or you can send us an email crime by the bar at gmail.com And also remember to visit our website, crimebythebar.com, for all manner of extras and goodies and photos and information and us. Yeah. You'll be amazed. We're wonderful. Oh. Well, you won't uh, be amazed. You know we're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> this should be apparent. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. You can catch our next episode. Um, it's a mini on Friday. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. We got fucking Serbia. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> I love this. Like, I mean, yes, the internet is apparently a thing nowadays and the world is quite tiny but it's still so weird